guess on his right. Hey, hold up. Don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret. He's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. Good morning, Bakersfield, California. We're huge in Bakersfield. What is going on? Bakers, good morning. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Or maybe you're listening tomorrow and you're just catching up on some things. Man. Last night got late quick, BBD. Uh, baseball hot in the streets. The Trey Young experience continues. I think the Islanders won an overtime game. I saw, I saw reactions to that. I have not seen the goal yet. Makes me think it's not a great goal. It was cool. Oh, okay. See, that's hockey. I watched this game on purpose. By accident. BBD hockey. You watched it on purpose by accident. I was in a room with my brother, and he said, should I turn to this? And I said, okay. Okay. I'll allow it. Uh, Vandy boys obviously survived Stanford. My Vandy versus Trevor Plouffe Stanford. Uh, we had a couple side bets on that game because that was, you know, that means a lot for us. Guys, we're going to check a few boxes today. Uh, for those of you that know, uh, the Thursday app we've been doing uh, – Doing drafts and stuff. We're gonna we're gonna be doing more of that today. It lined up that we got the Yankee game uh, early, so we're gonna recap some sports, get some thoughts out there. We might have a fun one coming for next week. We'll see. Uh, but let's talk some sports in BBD. Here we like to do a game of the night, and for the people, because I know we've had a couple big weeks. Foolish Bailey. Foolish Baseball was on. Did some 90s baseball players. Joe's McFly was on. So you know what I'm doing for the people? I'm doing a double game of the night, and I'm pretty much going to do it live time, BBD, because this is how I experienced last night. We will start in the Bronx. I was mad at myself for not going this game because I had no obligations last night, and I got excited for it. Half happy I didn't because it would have been a late night. It ended up being a late night anyway, so now I'm mad. Uh, and I'm wondering if the Jake's Jinx is real. How about Mike King versus the Duff Man, Danny Duffy? His first start back, having a hell of a year. Uh, but only 42 bullets in the chamber for him as he's rehabbing. Ryan O'Hearn, he just came back for the Kansas City Royals, if you're into that kind of thing. He hits a ding-dong in the first 2 nothing Royals. Clint Frazier, clean. He ties it up. Big two-run double sits under the wall so both runs can score. That is pretty huge. In the eighth, we're tied up at twos. Yankees are keep leaving runners on the baseball, on the base pass. It's It was like nothing I've really ever seen a team do. At one point, they were 0 for 14. I think they were like 1 for 20. Insanity. Carlos Santana, not the guitarist, plays with a different axe. He hits a big home run to make it 3-2. to two. The Yankees needed a hero, and who is it but none other but Senor Avarex. Rugi Odor with the big two-run homer to put the Yankees ahead. The season is saved. Here comes Chapman. Oh, my God. God, Araldis Chapman walks in the game-tying run after they intentionally walk Santana. That was pretty contested. Right, O'Hearn, the next hitter, a little check swing. It's a perfectly placed bunt. Second run scores. It's 5-4 Royals. Is this it? Are the Yankees D-E-D dead? The Kraken from underneath it all. Gary Sanchez, he's been so good for the Yankees lately. Game Tying home run. Giancarlo Stanton slaps one to the right side after that. Pinch runner Tyler Wade advances on the ball that gets away. 
and King Louis V. The return of Luke Voigt. He hits a game-winning walk-off single off the top of the wall. He thought it was gone. Yankees win 6-5. The juices are flowing. The Yankees are back. It's about 10-45-11. We flip over to the left coast, and the Padres and Dodgers are doing it. The Padres are going for a sweep. Of the Dodgers, I don't even know who started this game. I actually do, because Bauer was still pitching, and so was Musgrove, so that was rude. But how's your Bauer versus Musgrove? Two really good starting pitchers. Musgrove goes six, one earned, two runs. Tatis with a throwing error in this one. Trevor Bauer, used to hear that on the John Boy Media main page a lot. He's six innings, two earned runs, but he comes in, and he gives up one more Victor Caratini's talk about a fun name that just rolls off the t- the tongue. I always want to say it like Bobby Valentino, Victor Caratini. He hits a big home run to make it from two two to three two fathers. But Justin Turner, I thought there was something kind of beautiful that Machado was all over the place. He's diving on the warning track. Tatis is everywhere, and they're both like hot. And then up comes Max Muncie and Justin Turner. Different kind of hot. They tie it up at threes. In the eighth, Trent Grisham. Oh, no, another RBI walk. We saw too many of those uh, in both of these good games. And then Caratini again. He hits one on the screws. Right field, sack fly. It's 5-3 fathers, but we've got ducks on the pond for the Dodgers. Oh, no. Line drive right. At Manny Machado They double up the runner off second Padres Sweep the Dodgers in a series They really need I mean that was That was baseball action From 7pm To 2am Last night Uh, And maybe that's why Poppy Gordo's wearing these Hater blockers today Padres win 5-3 Yankees win 6-5 And those are your games of the night. BBD, it was a heck of a sports night last night. I half joke about the Isles, but I I know that was pretty cool in the hockey world to force a game seven. It's potentially the last game in the Coliseum. If I was reading all Mm. those tweets right. Um, How are you? How was your your sports experience last night? It was a real one. It was a real sports experience. I uh yeah was kind of I was in lockstep with you through the Yanks, mm. and I I poked my head out a, a couple times. My brother would flip was flipping to Trey uh, to Trey in tray? the other room, so I I didn't get enough to re- to really do it. Sure, but I was like Twitter checked into that game, mm. um, and kind of right after Yanks, I like went out to go like see my brother. And he's like y- yeah. Hawks won. Trey was good. Just ended. I was like, ah, so I missed that, uh, which is okay. F and Trey, and we, man. Then we bounced the Dodgers for a little bit, and then my brother's like, well, I think the hockey game just went to overtime, so we flipped to that. I tweeted that I'm watching hockey on purpose. Nice. I think that's the second time that's ever happened. Um, And then like two minutes later, that game was over. Mm. So then it was back to Dodgers for a while, and then I went to sleep. So you did the overtime flip they scored and pretty much that was pretty much it. That's a good way to do it. That's a good way to do it. What's going on? I see the the chat is on fire this morning. Uh Al Atkinson asking me what I think about the big rugby match later. No idea. Um Mike Talkman show. Uh big conversation on Yankees oh, yeah. Twitter as he has five K's and then a home run. Um, in a seventh, seven run, thirteenth inning for the San Francisco Giants. I'm showing the goal. I see everyone in the chat. See. Oh, okay. I'm interested. Doctor, doctor, give me news. They're sending around the wreck. Oh, it's hung up in the corner. It looks like they'll clear it. They'll have a go. Oh, and they're celebrating. Holy cow! Was it? Was it so a it's, corner? Was it through some? It was legs? like in the corner. I guess it's. I would assume hockey people would call that kind of a careless pass towards the middle because mm. it looked like a fairly easy steal by the whoever it is. Sure. I wish I knew any names. Sure. Um, Sizikis. Let's assume it was him. Yeah. And then uh, 
He made a play. I guess, yeah, whatever. And then he then he does a cool flick thing. It's like, yeah, that's that's hockey. Okay, here here comes a good replay. He yeah, he puts it on the tape, and I think he goes top titty. Sure, that's playoff hockey. So that's gonna be a game seven. Like someone, someone Baker, someone tweeted me when the game seven happens. Maybe like the second period when it's like when it's flip time. Is it gonna be a big sports weekend? Yank Sox. Oh, I forgot about that. Game seven of this hockey series we've been all over. Whoa. Other sports? Probably. Probably. NBA has to be kind of like, what's going on? They, I mean, they finally, it felt like it's NBA's time. Right. Like, and then last night, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Was kind of excited for this because it was like a weird when the video game sims and you're like, oh, this would never happen in real life, but this is kind of cool. Sons of Chris <laughs> Paul, sure. Clippers, Kawhi and Paul George, yeah. Wow, the Hawks made it? That's unbelievable. And now they're rolling. I guess I guess the Trey Young's left no chance for the NBA but to lean into them. Yeah. Um. Holy smokes! Good for him. I mean, in theory, it's like a. I mean, NBA should want people to like that because they like built it the right way. Sure. Sure, and like Trey so Young's like, kind. Trey Young's a star. Yeah, he's a young stud. C twenty one. I want to get Kevin Herter on here. I think the Hawks need to lose first. Yeah, I would imagine he's not gonna. And I need him to not have another good big game because I still outfollow him. One more big game. One more big game, I'm done. I mean, he was getting all the tweets. Um, Trey Young, 48 points. Let's do a Trey thing in a little bit. The yeah. people here like like baseball. Um, they know. Let's uh, So let's do a little BBD. Since we've talked, um, a lot has happened in the baseball world, and we'll be talking about it. I uh, Tuesday... Tuesday, Tuesday was the craziest ever regular season baseball night of my life. Um, there was a point. There was a point where I thought I was unconscious and like dying. On Tuesday, or every MLB pitcher was taking off their pants when they came off the mound. <laughs> Which felt like a weird comatose situation in my head. It's hard to believe it's really happening when you're looking at it. Like, imagine explaining that to someone. And I heard so many people say, well, you know, this is the best solution they've got. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think frisking pitchers on the mound is the best solution. Um... And, like, if anything, well, A, the mid-inning Scherzer stuff is a disaster. You can't do that. He is the number two pitcher or the number two player in the MLB Players Association. Like, you you can't do that. Uh, And to disrupt a pitcher in the middle of an inning is complete insanity. You see, I think think Kershaw was the first one I saw saying it, but, like, like managers, if you like request a check and you're wrong, right? Like there should be. I don't know what the. I don't know what a fair punishment is, but like I don't know. Is that the same as your replay challenge? Is that and it, it is that sh- like a three strikes you you get a you get a one game suspension? I've got something better. The managers don't get to challenge. Yeah, because that was clearly strategy by Girardi. Like, let me mess with Scherzer and kind of backfired on him. Um. But no, like, let's... If they're going to check as regularly as they seem to be checking... When they when they come in to throw their first pitches, maybe check them and, and don't do the full TSA yeah. search. And maybe do it off the field. Maybe guys don't want to... You can go into the dugout to do it. Take off their belt in front of everyone. Um, you could do it in the, in the dugout. 
have a guy in the bullpen check them before they come in. I forget who which player I saw tweet that, but that, a player said that. That feels pretty easy for all the bullpen guys. And um, if a manager's going to request a check, like request it and you can do it after the inning. And, hey, why are we checking them when they come off the field? Like, I felt bad for all the relievers that got lit up. You came in for .2 innings, got knocked around, and then you have to get frisked in front of your either booing fans or your cheering fans because they're the opposing team and they're happy with you. And, like, your My friends God. and coworkers. They're My right God. There. It's, it's, it's so bizarre. Um, on that same night, Wander Franco, number one prospect, makes his MLB debut. Uh, first plate appearance, he walks after being down 0-2. Second plate appearance, I believe, was a double or no? His first hit was the the game tying home run. Uh, I want to say he had a double later. So I thought it was pretty funny that baseball baseball was doing the whole, and I get it, like. We should be talking about Wander Franco And we're talking about pitchers being frisked I was kind of on the opposite side of this For the Houston stuff Because I think a championship was on the line Um, During the Houston conversation When they were cheating And it all came out It was We did a couple on Talking Baseball And I I think I got receipts on this But I'm actually contradicting myself, so don't get the receipts, Mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, I said, all in all, the Astros scandal is bad for baseball. Guys are cheating. You had a World Series dictated by a team that was cheating. So, yes, baseball got a ton of publicity, and it opened up some conversations and all that. But I I think end of the day for me, like, net-net, my douchey phrase that doesn't make sense. I, I wish we could still just celebrate Altuve and Bregman and talk about how they were a great team and Correa and, uh, you know, like Furland, like all of <clears> it, <throat> all of it. You know, I, I know it It was a hot topic. It was big for this company. Like, let's not lie about it. But I, if I could snap my fingers and the Houston thing never happens, I think I do. I genuinely think I do. This, I'm okay with it. It's the regular season. It's bizarre. Why are these pitchers getting frisked on the field? It's not right. (laughs) (laughs) It's not right at all. But, man, baseball had a moment on Tuesday night that, like, you had to watch. You wanted to see what each pitcher was going to react to. Uh, I mean, Scherzer, Sergio Romer. Romer. It's Sergio Romer. He comes in out of the bullpen. Um, And then you had the pitchers that were being nice uh, Otani was getting all sorts <laughs> of love yesterday Because he was friendly Aaron Loop That's one you should look up I mean he's just smiling and having a blast Um, So I don't know man It's bizarre and it's so You know it is unfortunate And I guess this is why I'm okay with it BBD Is that The pitchers did this to themselves They went so far into this world that the solution was we need to frisk you guys head to toe in between innings. Again, combination of the pitchers and the league. Right, right. They all made their bed with this. The, The league let it happen. And I guess with Houston, it was like an organizational decision. Like, yeah, it was. They chose to do this. Some baseball pitchers' hands were almost forced. Like, like you, you you need to keep up. If you have eighty five percent of your peers doing yeah, it, at least trying it, and it gives them a competitive advantage, and that's where you know I I was texting with Moylan a little bit, and he said like, hey, I swear this isn't about me, mate, but there's a lot of old guys that are pissed off that they got boxed out of the game by these kids using the the sticky stuff, and it's true. I mean, picture it. You're a, let's say you're 33 or 34, which again, we don't think is old in baseball when we talk about like a star. Mm. But when you're not a star, that's old in baseball. 
and you're older and more expensive. Say you're clean. You're a you're a rosin and sunscreen guy. Which, by the way, I I don't think we need to do that here. But I think that's gonna come back. Um, but all of these kids, I mean, kids in the minor leagues, like everything is measured on spin rate now. So yeah, they were gonna do it. So how many people's careers ended a little early? How many? 33, 34-year-old relievers could have got another contract or another year of run, or maybe yeah. that year is good and they get three years of run. Like, or just, I mean, just collecting another year of service time. Like, Yeah, I mean, that can be really important to some guys. So I don't know. Uh, with all that being said, with all the low moments, I mean, Tuesday night in baseball, uh, it was just pure insanity. I'm trying to think what. What other stuff was going on? It was Wander Franco. Um, I can dig up some. And like games were good. Also. The games were good. Uh, pitchers are getting frisked. Manfred talks to our girl, Groly, right? Oh, uh, was her article? I, yeah. I, hands up. Haven't read it yet. I didn't read the article. Sorry. I saw there was. I saw it was an exclusive interview, and I saw like the two quotes that got tweeted out. Yeah. Because I was driving home when I got the notification of an article from the Athletic app. We're sorry. We wanted to read it. I have the subscription. Uh, Sergio Romo, my haircut buddy. Oh, so this one, I was obviously having fun on Twitter and messing around with the Diamondbacks, but um, I told the Diamondbacks before their game, I was like, hey, get ready for just chaos tonight. And they had the Brewers pitcher who had his glove taken. Because it was too light, I believe. I believe that's light color-wise, not heaviness. Uh, because there are rules around that. You can't have a white glove because yeah. then it's hard to see. I think the ball they, like, type they stuff. Like, don't want you wearing like arm sleeves. So they had that happen, and then Big Dan Vogelback, Vogie Tuesday Brews Day, scores one of the most remarkable runs in MLB history as he rounds third. He gets a bum ankle. He stops running. He plans on being a dead duck, and my Diamondbacks don't even throw the ball in. Um, just pure insanity. Um, so I don't know. And then it looked like Girardi was going after Scherzer. John Boy does the breakdown. Turns out he's going after old coach Kevin Long. Uh, and there's The video of Jameis Winston working out cracks me up. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen that, go... Go Google that because it's. I mean, I want to do that in the alley. <laughs> He's playing quarter. <laughs> I don't. I can't even describe it. I can't even describe it. He looks. <laughs> go look up. Go look up the video of Jameis Winston training to play quarterback. <laughs> because it's somewhere between mixed martial arts and dancing. I'm just shuffling around. If he wasn't like, like he's in the pocket. If he wasn't holding a football, you wouldn't know that's a football drill. Yeah. He's trying to do like figure eights around some around some bags. And he's just getting whacked. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. <laughs> he really is. Um man, baseball's in a really weird place. Yeah. I'm so interested to see what happens. Uh Cause I so now that I'm looking at my old tweets in the Yankees game, uh, the Royals pitcher Brady Singer convinced his manager to stay in to finish the fourth inning. He's at like 80 plus pitches, third times through the order. And I was like, man, that used to be such a cool feeling. Like if it was, you know, the seventh inning. And a pitcher's at 105, and they tell the coach, I got one more, let me have it. And they convince him. In the fourth inning, it felt pretty lame. Like, baseball's in such a weird spot. I know people were getting mad about Jack Leiter throwing a lot of pitches the other day, and I do get it. There's science behind it. Uh, and by the way, we're still learning that science. So if if you're some way someone that leans... Just let him throw and figure it out Or if you're someone that leans uh, Like completely baby these guys The answer's somewhere in the middle And we don't know it um, 
Al Leiter had a pretty good quote on it, and you wonder if he's a great source or an awful source because he's a pitcher that's thrown 150 bullets in a game before, hmm. uh, but also his Jack Leiter's dad. Uh, he said that the game didn't have a lot of high-leverage pre- pitches. Like, he was dominant. He was in control the whole game. Like, I think it was eight innings pitch, 15 Ks or something. So it wasn't a lot of, like, runners on second and third in a jam got to get out of it. And I guess the science has genuinely showed that those situations put more strain on your arm. Not all pitches are created equal. Yeah. So, and again, I don't know. Uh, I just know Keith Law, who he'll be the first to tell you he's the killer of fun or whatever it is. You know, anytime a young pitcher throws... 100-plus pitches, he he makes a scene about it. And he's not wrong. Like, it... But the thing is, neither is, like, Al Leiter or the Vandy coaches because we kind of don't know. And I saw... BBD, if you remember this from the Yankees broadcast, uh, they they were talking about it last night, and they said... uh, And they were talking about it like, hey, you know, that's... They're talking about the dangers of it, which I get. And they also said, like, and you know, Vandy's losing right now. Kind of as a, you know, you did all that for nothing. Well, guess what? They had an incredible comeback last night. And maybe, hey, now that we know all this stuff about strenuous pitches, maybe give Jack Jack Leiter an extra day. Like, let's try to learn and figure this out. Um Because what if he just gave his team a College World Series and, like, tried to win? I know there's a lot of money on the line. But a lot of these guys like to win at the sport they play. And there's a lot of guys on the Vandy team that won't go on to play Major League Baseball. So, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, hey, Jack Leiter, hit the bump, throw a buck 40 every day. But if he's a – how old is he? 19, 20? If you're a, a 19, 20-year-old he, kid... He very recently turned 21, April. So you have a 21-year-old kid who is a top baseball prospect. Sure, you can't be the coach that just trusts your kid to be like, hey, you, you give me another? Because any 21-year-old kid in the College World Series is going to say that. But I don't know. I don't know. It's still tricky. Like, I'm not here saying I have the answer, but I don't know. Vandy moves on. You Jack- are you are at a point where you can do something special. Like, if there's a point, and I guess this is where, in science, I hope baseball science is working on this. I gave my award, I gave my standout performance to Adam Wainwright uh, the other day. And I think, like, eight of his starts have been 100-plus pitches. It's a 40-year-old man. And so, a lot of this ties into, like, comfort comfort with your body. It ties into with your throwing motion. Like, I think every baseball scout throughout time told Chris Sale he was going to get hurt at some point. And he did. Um, but he also had an incredible career up to that. And he might have an incredible career after that. Like By the time he got hurt, it, like, been the, paid the science... Yeah, and the science is like caught up where it's not. So it's it's not like a lock to be a career altering thing. It's a weird thing that baseball just doesn't have figured out, and I, I'm sure you know people could probably be getting mad at me on both sides on this. Like babying isn't the full solution, and I I think the bigger problem here is like everybody's built differently. Adalberto Mondesi is a freak athlete. He's already had, like, three injuries this year. Giancarlo Stanton is labeled injury-prone. He's a literal Adonis. So, maybe everyone's different. Maybe everyone's throwing motion is a little different. I I know as we've turned up the RPMs on, on velocity and everything in pitching... Maybe that's the reason more guys are getting hurt because we're pushing our bodies to the limit. And maybe we need to figure out, like, Garrett Cole's fastball normally sits, you know, 96 to 98. 
But you'll see it in a lot of last innings. He'll bump up a couple 101s or if he needs it. Like, maybe we should be teaching starting pitchers not to be 100% guys. There's a term for it. Like, max effort. Max effort guy. Like, so I don't know enough about Jack. I don't have the scouting report. Go listen to Farm to Fame. Is he a max effort guy? I don't think so. I don't think his dad, Al Leiter, told him to throw the ball as hard as he can every time. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird part of baseball and science that I think we're going to learn about. But I don't know if we're ever going to fully learn. And it's a really weird part of college sports, too. Because, you know, think about football running backs and stuff like that. Like... In theory, if you're a college football running back and you're a lock to be the one pick, would yeah. should you pl- should you play at all in a bowl game? Like do you say I only get 20 carries? I don't know, man. It gets really tricky cuz, you know, I as I throw Keith Law under the bus a little bit, and I'd I'd love to have a conversation with Keith cuz I'm sure he knows a lot more than me. But also like I don't know where you draw the line Cause yeah if that running back gets hurt And loses a bunch of millions of dollars That's life changing But I don't know It's really weird College athletes have gotten so popular Hey maybe let college athletes make money in college And that's a decent solution They just had some ruling this week That I haven't fully yeah. looked into what it means. I think they're allowed to be like given a laptop now. I don't know. I ended up in a weird place on that. But that's not the same as getting money. Adalberto Mondesi got mentioned. Didn't see that coming. Uh, so, yeah, there's all of that. I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of it on Talking Baseball tomorrow. Um, Yeah, we'll see. It was kind of funny. We we pre-recorded Tuesday's episode where we did the over-unders for talking baseball, which I thought was really good and a lot of fun conversation. But it was it was kind of funny. Like, man, last night was so nuts. We could talk about the pitchers being frisked, blah blah blah. But that is the great game we play now. That is the great game we play now. Hello, Jerm boy. Oh, okay. I uh, just got. Laughed at uh, <laughs> Just filled with disrespect um, Talking baseball with a Jake Sucks post Things, Stuff moves quick man Stuff moves quick uh, BBD any Trey Young thoughts you want to get off your chest He's good Yeah I mean he's just I mean he's now in his third series I forget who I saw tweeted more or less this exactly He's in his third playoff series now And in every series he's been He's played the best of any he's been the best player yeah. on the court and he's seemed the most poised of any player on the court. Yeah. It's like that's a that's a good combo. I saw you guys chatting about it and I tried to get involved a little bit. Um are NBA people that give takes going to start eating crow on this? Are we calling it a myth or what? Because it's a weird situation like Luka Doncic was preseason MVP favorite. He was about as overwhelming a favorite for MVP as you can. And get. then he was nasty. And then I think you and Greg were joking about it, like supporting cast wise, Porzingis, and who's the Mavs coach that just stepped down? Rick Carlisle. Carlisle, who's one of the most respected NBA head coaches. I don't I don't know what you do with it cuz I get it like Trey Young's slight and he's going to get torched on defense but this is what we said yeah. about Steph And you do Curry. have to like build a team around him a little bit which the sure. Hawks did but that's but, what, that's also kind of what you do with a You good have player. to do that with any team. We look at Giannis In basketball. Like look at that's what you do. Yeah, so <laughs> when you have LeBron, when you have a guy like, that you that's worth building around, you build around That's them. the plan. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to fault him for that. I don't know. I'm I'm I guess I guess my question is like the NBA streets are people getting I feel like people still don't believe in Trey Young. I think cuz ultimately 
like Luca might, when all of a sudden done, be the best player ever. I mean, he's twenty three, so it feels or however old he is, so it feels very premature. But like Whoa. he's on that kind of trajectory, so right. he's doing special things. In theory, I mean, they got an extra pick that they use for DeAndre Hunter, who they who they like having. So right. like, it's not like they fumbled that pick. Yeah, that's kind so, of like funny, it's not huh? the best pick they could have gotten. I forget who's who was immediately after him. I can find that. There's a guy they would have they should have clearly picked instead. Sure. using hindsight. Um, if it wasn't for the Luca trade, I don't know. Luca's really good. Yeah, big time. And like the Mavs can still like beat the Hawks there. I think like, Trey's pretty good. But Trey, Trey's really good. Trey? He's like the only player since like Steph Curry emerged. He's basically the only guy compared. Like their their draft comp was Steph, and now that we're seeing it a little bit, it's not ridiculous. And he I, does stuff a little different. It's like if Steph played like Harden. And here's the thing for me, but, you know, we've we've been all excited about Luca, and rightfully so, because he's he's nasty. Uh, there, there's times you watch him, and it's almost unreal what's happening. But Trey Young, and I've done this on here before, BBD. Last year, he averaged twenty nine point six and nine point three assists, and we call them dead empty stats. This year, he's averaging 25.3, 9.4 assists, four boards. And, like, aren't those stats in Luca's world? Like, in Luca's realm? Like, Luca, 27.7, 8.6 assists, eight rebounds. So, <laughs> if you took away <laughs> video of the game. And their size, you'd say these guys are on the exact same plane. Mm-hmm. And as a short guy, I guess I'm trying to be reverse sizest. And I don't know. I, I guess what I'm excited for because I'm nowhere near an NBA expert. I'm excited to see the NBA experts takes this offseason on Trey Young. Um. Because sure, the drawing fouls and stuff is ugly, but James Harden doesn't, yeah. and he's regarded. It's, it's he, not the most aesthetically pleasing brand. Did Harden win back to back MVPs? I think. I think one? he just got the one, but like the year he, Russ he got it, it was like, well, Harden's numbers were all better. And right. He finished second. I'm looking at the DeAndre Hunter draft class, and he and he is really good. He's, like he's a he's a nice yeah he's, he's solid great for his role solid. And and like looking at the rest of the top ten, I mean, who do you, who would you really want over him when you have Trey Young, like the rest of the top five of uh, top ten? Garland, Jarrett Culver, who I haven't heard from since he got in the league. No. Kobe White, Jackson wow. Hayes, Ru Hachimura is like the only maybe. No, and I don't. I haven't. I didn't hear anything no. about him this year. And Cam Reddish, who the Hawks got, they'd wow. probably take that pick back. That's love. Like Harrow went went thirteen, but nobody right. At I don't the like time blame anyone for missing that. Ten, that would have been a surprise. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I'm my take is I'm excited to see guys takes. So I'm I'm a big Ryan Rosillo fan. He was pretty tough on Trey for a couple years. Um, I don't know. Like, and we're kind of seeing it. Like people were more, like I guess, disrespectful to Trey than like. But we're seeing in the West with Devin Booker. He just. He didn't have a good team yet. Now he's on a good team. He's doing kind of all the same stuff he was yeah. always doing. Yeah. <laughs> like every Suns game, where I see a tweet like, Devin Booker was always good. He's just on, he just has actual teammates now. Yeah. We all, everyone always thought he, he would be able to do this. And it's so crazy. Like, I think also these guys are getting into the NBA so young, man. Like, Devin Booker's 24. Like, yeah, guys are like, out of the league by like obviously different sports and like, all that, when, but like other sports, especially baseball, we see guys like not figure it out till twenty eight all the time. And when you're a good NBA player, good to great, like LeBron can't be the comparison because he's an absolute freak. But like he was called the chosen yeah. one at sixteen. Durant, who was and also I said he could be third all time, but like he's thirty two. He's gonna be thirty three, and he just had one of the most craziest games ever. So like. Even if you give that to Booker, we still have like seven years of prime coming up. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see the takes this uh 
this Trey Summer and man, what if they do you off the top of your head know how old Devin Booker is? No, I looked. Yeah, I looked. He's not twenty five yet. That's yeah, that's uh, rude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh that was a lot of sports, guys. I think we kind of have to start making moves. We got a Yanks afternoon game. Yeah, as got I a mentioned, we got a lineup. Okay, then let's start tidying I up. I don't know if Royals put theirs. I got they did. So okay, get it beautiful. Moving. Hopefully, Big Z getting that prepared. That brings us to the comment of the day. Bakers, I ask you guys, bake the algorithm. That means leave a comment, hit the like button, share with a friend. It all helps. We're up to 2.87 subs. Snaps for you guys. You're the best. Uh, We'll be at 3K soon. Uh, A couple of the episodes lately have been just straight moondogging. It's not really a phrase, but I'll try. Uh, Christopher Hamlet, I thank you He said, dude, this is so much better Than watching ESPN And, I don't know If you could probably tell 11-year-old Jake that He'd think that is super cool Um, Ottoman Sofowitz Said, BBD with the save of the week Do you know what you saved? Save of the week What'd you save last up? Oh, man are you going to say a bad word and you muted me? I don't think so. Uh, I'd remember that. Um, Michael V with some John Rom stuff because he had just won the golf. Guys, thank you for baking the algorithm. You guys are the best. We had a perfect game last episode. 90 likes, zero dislikes. Whoops. Sorry about it. And everyone in the chat, clap twice. You guys are the best. I love you guys. Um, BBD, that takes us to the bro of the night. Uh, Bro of the Night is brought to you by John Boy Media going to the All-Star Game We're heading to Denver If you're a if you're a Waking Jake person You're going to be in Denver Tuesday night in Proper City Let's talk um, BBD, my Bro of the Night I'll, I'll do a quick cop-out Band-Aid one And I haven't looked at the sheet So I'm sorry if you wrote him I'm, I'm giving it to Gary mm. Gary Sanchez Yeah um, the narrative, as it's being talked about in uh, Yankees Twitter. A lot of you guys probably know. I know a chunk of you are Yankees fans. A lot of you are baseball fans. Gary Sanchez comes up 2016. Well, he came up in 2015, only two at best. 2016, he sets the world on fire. It's 20 homers in 53 games. Second in rookie of the year, despite only 53 games, which was all last season was. Right. Uh, <laughs> he's just full gangbusters. He follows it up the next year, 278, 345, 876 OPS, 33 homers, 90 ribeyes for a catcher, age 24, 122 games. Uh, silver slugger, all-star, MVP votes. He comes back in 2018. He has a brutal year. He hurts his shoulder. Uh, he still puts up some stats, he uh, homered at the same rate, just kind of nothing else. Yeah, it was kind <clears throat> of weird, and uh, it pretty much came out the next year that he was hurt, and guess what? The next year, he's an all-star again. 34 home runs, 841 OPS. He's still not beloved by Yankee fans. During all these hitting times I talked about, he has trouble blocking. He has uh, trouble pitch-framing at times, blah, blah, blah. Uh, in different years, there were different <clears throat> things. And like, kind of every year, it's been a different one improved, and another one fell off. Right. So it, like, if you aren't fully locked into, like, what catchers do, sure. I kind of get it. You think, oh, he's he's had trouble with every part of this. And then 2020, last year, he is bad. He gets benched. Um, he just never found it. He hit 147. A guy that's respected on the team by his teammates, not in a joking way, is one of the best hitters. And then with the way baseball works, you're wondering about salary and uh, is Gary Sanchez going to continue being a Yankee? He gets off to a kind of a slow start this year. Trevor Plouffe was his hitting coach. His first coach. week was good, and then... His first week was good, and then bad. even Coach Trev half-bailed. He he rebranded a little bit. Let's see, what was Gary's low point? He had a 619 OPS. Should I start there? Um, so on Cinco de Mayo, that's all. He needed a couple Tackeries, a couple Margies. Cinco de Mayo, he had a 619 OPS, which is bad again in the catcher world. It's not unheard of uh, since May 7th till now, June 23rd. So that's what, a month and a half, a little more? 35 games. Sneaking up on two months. 
270 batting average, a 349 on base, and a 949 OPS. He hits the game tying homer last night. Uh, and again, if the Yankees like don't get that, they're having a bad time. And man, uh, it narrative, garrative, BBD, like you're mentioning, if you didn't follow closely, we follow things. We follow things online. Like, there's baseball players I talk about, but I've never seen them, like, play a full game. Like, I, who was I watching? Max Muncie. I was watching Muncie last night, and I was like, because he takes a lot of pitches. You know that. Mm-hmm. He's a high on base guy. He walks as good as a hit. And so I was wondering, because he was up late in that game, and he gets a big hit. I was wondering, like, is Max, we all know guys like this, is Mac Max Muncy like a just a bad ball hitter. Like, does he take a bunch of pitches? If he finds something middle, he whacks it. But if you hit the corners, you can get him out. You know, so a lot of a lot of analysis people talk about the Yankees like that. Like, if you execute your pitches against Stanton Judge, there's a lot of people that think like, you know, you stay focused. You hit that slider away, and you're good. And I was like, I have no idea about Max Muncy. Like, is he going to foul off some good pitches? Is he going to take a ball to the other? And, you know, Max Muncy is someone I talk about a lot on Talking Baseball. He's one of the first best best first basemen in baseball. So that's where, back to the narrative, when people are tweeting and feeling out stuff, then the narrative becomes a story. And so Gary, lazy, and all that stuff. I know us as Yankee fans, we mock it on Yankee Twitter, obviously, but I... I had a guy come up to me at winter meetings, a couple winter meetings ago, and he said, oh, he's, he's Jeff Francoeur. Like, he's going to be done. Like, he had a hot start. I've seen it. I've seen it before. And you know he what? He figures yeah. Maybe he's not Jeff Francoeur. Maybe he's one of the best hitting catchers ever up until this point. Because um, each player is different. You have ups and downs in this game. I'm really happy for Gary. I hope he keeps it going throughout the whole season. He could have downs. Like, that's baseball. He could have down parts of this season. We didn't even know as Yankee fans that we would get this part of the season from Gary. Like, if we're being honest, like, we've had his back, but not to the point we would have said. Not the same way we did even during last year. Yeah, no, I mean, at some point in baseball, you have to be real. But, man, you know, and I've, I've done this a little on here. I've done it on Talking Yanks. Mike Piazza is my best example. He was a horrible defensive catcher, which Gary's not, by the way. <laughs> Gary's he Gary has a cannon representative, he's, and he's been solid this year. I don't get me wrong; some of the past ball stuff was holy smokes bad, but we've kind of moved on. I'm not. I'm not trying to convince anyone he's that. That's what his game is. Is he's not plus, but you know, people are gonna call me woke Jake for this or wake, wake and Jake. Mike Piazza never called lazy. Gary Sanchez called lazy a ton. Mike Piazza was a terrible defensive catcher. Uh, tell me the difference. It's the narrative. So, Gary Sanchez, thank you, my friend. Yankees fans love you. BBD, your bro of the night. My bro of the night. I'm taking us back to that Suns-Clippers game two. Mm. The play that, that kind of... <laughs> They're getting Chris Paul back. This play ended the series for me. Yeah. It's it's kind of done. Paul George misses some free throws, and Suns get a, get a couple breaks, and they <laughs> they get this lob to DeAndre Ayton, .9 left. The go-ahead game winner. My bro of the night isn't going to DeAndre Ayton. It's going to Jay Crowder. Ah, uh, the pass. Because that pass was, like, perfect. absolutely perfect. It's like, they're, like, it it was exactly where Zubox couldn't reach it. Do anything. But Aiden very easily tap in. It was really good. It's funny, man, because they just kind of... have his reach. I think it's, it's good. And again, we got into some NBA rule book stuff there because it's not goaltending on the inbounds. And the reason for that is because, because the person passing it in can't score. They are by default a passer. So that's where, you know, if your point guard mid-game throws that up, illegal. 
but from the out-of-bounds play, because that player cannot score, there's no goaltending. It's amazing. Everyone kind of knew that play was coming, and they still couldn't stop it. Devin Booker, a guy who had been labeled soft in NBA circles, sets a big screen with a banged-up nose. That part was really cool. And then, uh, yeah, I think it's just funny, and I wonder if teams have this going forward. Like, Because the inbounder can't shoot it, I think the only way to de- defend that would be have someone kind of stand in front of the rim and, like, jump so you can't put the ball there. Yeah. But the big guys on the Clippers aren't, like, jumping bigs. It was Zubats. It was Boris Diaw. It was... I think they had one other... DeMarcus Cousins, Cousins was guarding the inbound. Who ain't getting up Who, anymore. like, if you have... And I know... Taco Falls not a good example. But if you have a big if you have John Collins, if you have the power forward that's got hops, I think you he put them between guy. the rim and jump as high as you can. Yeah, like because you can <laughs> goal you can goaltend. Who's essentially got the best vert. You can goaltend. Basically. Because there's no offensive yeah, goaltend. It's not a goaltend. So you could that. defensive goaltend. But they didn't have that guy. So, great job by Booker. Great job by Crowder. And huge for Aiton, man. Um, and, man, Mike Wilbon, one of my favorites. Office getting rowdy, so let's wrap this up. Uh, Mike Wilbon, one of my favorites. He was like, hey, a lot of people wondering why these sons are playing better. Guess who's in practice with them every day? Chris fucking Paul. He's taught all of them how to do it. Coach. Joe's McFly in the building. Um, he's like, why do you think Aiton's gotten better? Why do you think Booker's gotten better? Why do you think... Uh, who is it, Johnson, the three-point shooter? Why do you think he's gotten better? Like, sure, Monty Williams gets some love, and he's Cal a good coach. Bridges. Bridges. Like, it's Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul, who didn't even play in that game. But they said just, like, practicing with him and learning the game from him. It's like, oh, yeah, veterans have value in sports that can't be measured analytically. How about that? Um, BBD, good bro of the night. Let's wrap it up. The building's hot right now. John Boy Media just saw Joe's McFly pinstripe strong. He's built different. That's that's just what it is. Compound, new episode of that. Mansplain Baseball. JJR yesterday. John Boy called it a top five JJR ever. Talking Yanks coming up after the game today. John Boy Jake TV. We're gamers now. Pretty good content there. Sequence. Sequence. Trevor Kluth. Talking Nets. Chris Rose rotation. If you're not watching that, you're a fool. For BBD. Farm to fame. Farm to fame. Wander Franco. BBD. Myself. Have a good weekend, everyone. Bake the algorithm.